0: Buongiorno, and welcome to the Global Podcast, where we keep you up to date on the latest trends and insights on diplomacy in international development. I'm your host, Jesu Antonio Baez, Director of Pax Techum Global Consultancy, based here in London, which produces this series. In this podcast, I sit down with thought leaders, diplomats, and experts on the field, as well as provide analysis from our own team at Pax to talk more about the need for diplomacy in international development in order to foster political will around greater social impact and good. So grab your headphones and let's get on with the show. On today's episode of the Global Podcast, I want to talk to you about a subject which may seem a bit of an oxymoron when I mentioned to you at first instance, and that's the case of investment during conflict. When I mean conflict, I'm talking about war zones, actual violence going on on the ground. Now, you must be looking at yourself and saying, what what have I just smoked? You know, what have I been drinking? I mean, what is going on? How can there potentially be investment opportunities in conflict? And hopefully, you're not thinking that I'm trying to encourage discussion around ways to, to, to profit off of conflict. That is definitely not the case. And bear with me during this episode, as I explain that for you going on. But it is a quite a buzzword that is going on within the development sector, and I feel it's appropriate to discuss this at this present stage as an opportunity for businesses, NGOs, and definitely for our investor listeners onto the podcast. Now, President Barack Obama had harked back in 2016 that we were living in the best times to be alive. It was a time where there was progress, we were living longer living in a more sustainable and peaceful world. Uh, Fast forwarding to today, that seems hardly the case. I mean, we still have the ongoing civil war in Syria, there is conflict and famine going on in Yemen, the Rohingya genocide in northern Myanmar continues to be a plague within the international community, rising tensions in Ukraine and Russia, particularly recently over Crimea, the Lake Chad crisis, which continues to be forgotten by the international community, and of course the war in the Central African Republic, and the ongoing decades-long crisis within the Democratic Republic of the Congo. The list goes on and on and on, and it seems quite daunting in that aspect. Now, conflict is naturally an unstable environment. It places thousands, if not millions of lives at risk, halting all forms of formal infrastructure and livelihood. But what if Hostile environment could be a place to harbor investment. Now again, you're rolling your eyes as I say this, as how could a location with such high risk and instability could potentially be considered an opportunity for investment or even ROI return on investment. Well, it's not the investment you're thinking of particularly, and I mean with the sense of profit in mind, but more a humanitarian investment to help save lives and actually even potentially prevent conflict. Now you're scratching your head and saying, what what drugs am I smoking? Bear with me, bear with me, bear with me as I go on. We're talking about humanitarian impact bonds here, also known as HIB, and I emphasize the B for obvious reasons. It's relatively new. And it was actually launched by the International Committee of the Red Cross back in September of 2016. The whole purpose and aim of HIVs is to help transform the way services for people with disabilities are financed in conflict-hit countries. It allows one to tap into the private capital to help people in need of physical rehabilitation. At least this was the aim for the ICRC. And as such, this capital raised 26 million Swiss francs, which is roughly around 26 million US dollars, which will be used to build, and run three physical rehabilitation centers in Africa. Notably, Nigeria, in areas that are most affected by Boko Haram insurgency, in Mali, in areas that are affected by the Tuareg insurgency, and of course, the everlasting, decades-long conflict within the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And this is gonna be done over a five-year period, providing services for thousands of people. The Payment by Results program also includes the necessary training for new staff, as well as the testing and implementation of new efficiency initiatives. The Payment by Results program also includes the necessary training for the new staff as well as the testing and implementation of new efficiency initiatives. Now how does this work, of course? How does this magical method work in how we can really provide a difference within conflict zone? And it's really quite simple. You see, private money is set aside to invest in long-term infrastructure up front. Then the impact is assessed by independent auditors. And after five years, outcome funders help ICRC pay back investors according to how successful the programs were. And it could be a return or a loss depending on the success and impact of the implementation. And if there was proper impact, then there's going to be a return, and if none, None at all. The beauty of HIV is that it allows the private sector to really have a role in humanitarian affairs, and particularly development aid, during crisis, and it is very much needed. According to Helen Alderson, head of mission of the UK and Ireland for the ICRC, at the current rate with just traditional humanitarian and development program intervention in conflict zones, including traditional sources from donors such as USAID and Dipid, they estimate their presence in conflict zones, not taking 5 or 10 years, but 37 years. Now, let's think about that for a second. 37 years in each conflict zone country. That's again, 37 years in Afghanistan, 37 years in Iraq, 37 years in Yemen, in South Sudan, in Darfur, Libya, Lake Chad region. It goes on and on and on. Clearly, this is going to really suck dry funding from donations, it's going to suck dry more staff resources, and we know very well conflict continues and happens, and it's not going to make the international community ready to respond when new conflict, unfortunately, re-emerges. This is where the benefit of humanitarian impact bonds have a real, real role to play. They can help at least reduce the burden on donors and key funders, and also allow the humanitarian programs and the aid agencies to really have enough funds to access the people they need to, and really fund the projects they need to really kickstart development accordingly that can potentially lead to sustainable peace and proper development post-conflict. And in addition to this, Businesses partnering with NGOs and governments leading in aid and rehabilitation of conflict zones remain key to help increase the recovery as well. Well, this in addition to formulating sustainable partnerships and understanding with the key stakeholders and governments in conflict zones to allow humanitarian efforts to carry on unhindered, as lack of can be detrimental, as we've seen in the current conflict in Yemen where humanitarian aid has been blocked at the port of Hodeida, which is continuing to increase the ongoing famine on the ground. Some key important questions we have to ask ourselves are, can this really have a positive impact? Can this indeed help? Can humanitarian impact bonds lead to sustainable peace? Now, I don't think these are the questions to ask at this phase, as impact assessment will take a few years to really understand on the level of development and progress it leads to. Instead, the key question we should ask ourselves is, how can we get the financial sector and philanthropical organizations to rally behind this notion and convince investors to put their money on humanitarian impact bonds? This is an important question if we have to consider the fact that many philanthropical investors and those investors looking to generate impact from their investment are not even aware of in order to really align their investment to more sustainable work. According to a recent report from UBS's Philanthropical Finance Division, only 10% of impact investors actually knew what the sustainable development goals of the United Nations were. And if we haven't gotten them to become aware of the importance of SDGs, how can we get them to really get on board with humanitarian impact bonds? Perhaps we need to generate a buzz around the topic, in the same way that plastic reduction has taken hold of our conversations and consciousness over the past few months. A buzz needed to be made around the importance of investors to take an active part to invest in HIVs. In addition, we also need governments to realize the importance of involving HIVs in humanitarian efforts, whether for programs they are leading on the ground or to provide relief to citizens in their own countries plagued by conflict. Of course, it's not as innocent as it sounds, as we know not all governments have their heart in the right place. But measures need to be done to attract HIV, or humanitarian impact bonds, to really test the potential in conflict zones. If successful, not only could this lead to a more sustainable future, but it will definitely lead to a potentially peaceful one, and one where there's development post-conflict only increasing the potential for the future. That brings us to the end of this edition of the Global Podcast. I'm Jesu Antonio Baez, Director of Pax Tech and Global Consultancy, which produces this series. Please do check out our website at www.paxtechandglobal.org, that's P-A-X-T-E-C-U-M-G-L-O-B-A-L.org to discover more about our work. You can also follow this podcast and the work of Pax on both Twitter and LinkedIn. And if you like this podcast, please don't forget to rate, review, and of course subscribe on both Spotify and Apple Podcast. Join us next week for another edition, and until next time, grazie e ci sentiamo presto. Ciao!